the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dear heart, Jesus shed his blood for you. He shed his blood for you to heal you, to set you free, to forgive you, to restore you to God with a righteousness that's based on a perfect life, his life. Welcome to Reaching Your Heart. Pastor Michael Oxentenko will be here in just a moment with today's message. You know, here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, please call us today at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is here now to take your prayer request. And thank you so much for listening. Today's message with Pastor Michael Oxentenko is the conclusion to a message we started the last time we were together entitled Freed by His Blood. That's Freed by His Blood. And here is our pastor teacher, Michael Oxentenko, with the conclusion to today's Reaching Your Heart. I meet people, and maybe you have, who've come to me and say, Pastor Mike, you know, my hope is that I can get somehow perfect enough in this world so that I can be accepted at the time of the end. You ever hear something like that? Now, how many of you want to be perfect? I'm in that group. I want to be perfect. The Bible says, be ye perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. And that verse in its context means be ye merciful as my heavenly Father in heaven is merciful. I want to be perfect. I don't want any known sin in my life. But you know what? I have learned that the more I try to prove to God that I am perfect, the less perfect I am. In fact, I've also found that when I start focusing on myself in this way, I become disobedient in my walk with God. And so the pursuit of perfection ends up with the loss of Jesus Christ. So we should pursue Christ who is our perfection and God will give us the growth that we need. And so there's a paradox here. In focusing upon the outcome, we can lose sight of Christ in the journey. No one gets to heaven by simply trying to be good or looking good. That's the storyline of Cain and Abel and Eden. The Bible says that all have sinned. All are worthy of death and everyone on the face of the earth needs the lamb to take away the sin of the world. The doctrine that man can save himself by his own works is a bankrupt and empty belief because only Jesus' blood can save us from our sins. In Genesis 9, 4, God commanded Noah and his family to never eat meat with the blood in it because the life is in the blood. When the blood is shed, the life is shed. The entire sacrificial system of the Hebrew sanctuary was built upon this vital principle that the life is in the blood. You shed the blood for forgiveness. Leviticus 17, verse 11. This is like an amazing verse in our Old Testament. The Bible says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for... What does it say in your Bible? To make atonement for... For your souls... For it is the blood that makes atonement by reason of the life. What does that mean? The word atonement in the Hebrew is taken from a verb that means to cover. The blood covers the life that is sin. 
And so the blood makes atonement for the life that is sin. We've all sinned. And so the only way to be forgiven and covered is to have the blood applied to our life. When Adam and Eve left Eden, they were naked at first because of sin. They couldn't go into the cold of an awful world unless something dramatic happened and God put skins of animals on them. He taught them that you had to be covered to survive in a sinful state. We are all laid bare before the eyes of a righteous God. He knows what's inside of you. He knows what's inside of me. He sees every failing, every fault. He knows that. And dear heart, He is with you in grace and love. We're all laid bare before the eyes of a righteous God. And so He has given the blood that atonement will occur for us. The blood is the atonement. I've heard people say that this idea that someone has to die for us is a pagan idea. It didn't start with paganism. It started back there at the door of Eden. It's not pagan to believe that someone must die for my sins. We diminish the awful nature of sin to believe otherwise. The Bible says the blood is the life, and that means it takes a life that is sacrificed to cover the nakedness of the life that is sinned. We cannot provide a real righteousness to God by just trying hard to be good because none of us are good enough. And so God has provided the blood to cover us and to make us right with Him. In the Gospel of John, Jesus is identified as the pre-existent Word of God. And God says this about Jesus in John 1.4. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Jesus came into this world to give His life. The blood is the life. So John says that Jesus is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. John 1.29, the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I'll tell you something about me. When I think about my own life and where I've messed up, I don't want it in my life. I'd like to remove the memory and the connection of everything I've ever done wrong. What about you? You want to hang on to the wrong in your life? You want to have it rolling through your head? Jesus came into this world to disconnect you from your sin by grace. It takes blood to atone for sin because the blood is the life. And in Jesus, there is life because Jesus is the creative Word of God who became the Lamb of God. In the Old Testament, the priests killed sacrifices all year long. But those sacrifices could never permanently cleanse the conscience of the worshiper. Hebrews 9.22, Indeed, under the law... Almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Hebrews 10.4, For it is impossible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. So the Old Testament ends with a problem. It's not good enough. The sacrificial system ends with this yearning for something that will get it done. And so there was a need for better blood. In the book of Hebrews, in the New Covenant, Jesus is the better blood. Jesus is the better sacrifice. Jesus is a sacrifice that never, ever has to be repeated because Jesus got it done. Hebrews 10.19 is right up there with John 3.16 in my book as one of those verses that is monumental in our Bible. You can base your whole life on verses like John 3.16 and Hebrews 10.19. Let's look at Hebrews 10.19. Therefore, brethren... We have confidence to enter the sanctuary. How? What does the text say? How do we enter God's presence? What does it say? By the blood of Jesus. Verse 20, by the new and living way which He opened for us through the curtain, that is, through His flesh. And since we have a great high priest, what does it say? Over the house of God. 
Verse 22 is our response. Let us draw near with a true heart. And what kind of attitude? It says in full assurance of faith. Not with fear, not with self-condemnation, not with self-doubt, but assured in our faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for He who promised is faithful. Friends, Jesus' blood has got it done. We have access to God because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to speak to you directly. If you're struggling in your life, if you're struggling with this idea that God cannot accept you, if you're looking at the fact that you've messed up, if you're looking at the reality of a life that has good and bad, and the bad overwhelms you, and it haunts your conscience at times, dear heart, the blood of Jesus Christ was shed for you to clear your conscience that you might approach a living God with full confidence and faith, knowing that God accepts you because of the blood. We're only faithful when we rely on His faithfulness. We're only saved when we rely on His blood that was given for us. We are not saved by any other contrived notion or action but the blood of Jesus Christ. And we are only cleansed when we rely on His blood to cleanse. And thus we grow, thus sin is removed from the life by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are only accepted because His blood was shed for us on the cross of Calvary. Now there's a paradox in the shed blood of Jesus. The shed blood of Jesus, friend, is the new and living way. He died to open up the new and living way that we might approach God with no fear of condemnation, with no fear of having failed, that in Christ we are complete by the glory of God who gave us the gospel of God in Jesus. Friend, sin brings fear, bondage, isolation, loneliness, and rejection that is self-imposed as the mind works upon itself. But nonetheless, God is a God who will not set aside His holy law. He found a way to save us and keep His law intact because the law is the constitution of the universe. Paul tells us in the book of Romans that the obedience to the law, as important as it is, is a moral standard, an eternal moral standard. James says it's a standard in the judgment day. But Paul makes this statement, the obedience of the law, as important as it is, will not clear one man or one woman in the judgment day. It is not good enough for righteousness. It takes a better righteousness than the law to be not guilty in the presence of a holy God. Romans 3.20, I'll prove it to you. For no human being will be justified in his sight by works of the law, since through the law comes the knowledge of sin. So what does God do for us when the offering of Cain won't work in life or in the judgment day? What does he do when we come to him with the fruit of the ground, our best efforts, and God says, I really can't accept that as the basis of your righteousness. What does God do for us when the fruit of our hands and all the efforts that we have is disregarded and we stand naked before a righteous God who knows everything about our lives? Romans 3.21, here is the solution. But now... The righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. This word manifested, phaneros or phanerao in the verbal form, is a direct allusion to the mare of Daniel 8, 15 and verse 26, the manifestation of the mighty man, the Messiah. In Isaiah 52 and 53, he had no mare, no manifestation that we should desire him. The great hope of the prophets was to see the appearance of the living Son of God. And so Paul says, but now the righteousness of God has appeared in the Greek, has been manifested apart from the law. 
although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. In other words, the righteousness that saves us does not do away with the law, even though the law can't save us. Verse 22, the righteousness of God, here it is, through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction. Now, I want you to look at verse 23 in your Bibles with me. Since all have sinned. Now, how many of you are in that camp? Raise your hand if you're in that camp. I meet people who think they don't, and they're always hard on people who do. We've all sinned. All have sinned. That's the past. And then it says, and fall short of God's glory. The Greek is a verb that indicates continually fall short of God's glory. How many of you have found, if you're honest as a Christian, you continually fall short of God's glory? Anybody in that group? Okay, that covers us. We've sinned in the past, and we still can mess up in the present, and we aren't pulling it off perfectly. So what does God do for Christians who are in that camp? Don't ignore your Bible. It's speaking to us. The Holy Spirit speaks through the Word, not our impressions. So what does God do? Look at the next phrase. They are justified by His grace. That means His kindness. As a gift through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. That's what the blood of Jesus does. And you notice that's a present tense verb in verse 24. They are justified. It agrees with the verb that precedes it. Continually falls short as present. And so it's more than just cover our past. It covers us in this walk with God in which we are not quite what we should be, but in the journey we are accepted. Verse 25, whom God put forward as an expiation. The Greek word is hilasterion. It means a guilt offering, a substitutionary guilt offering by His blood, it says, to be received by faith. You know, something magical about this. Beautiful, marvelous. When we come to God and we look at the cross and we say, the blood of Christ is the only right I have to know you. I cling to you by the sacrifice of your Son. The mighty heart of God is moved because of that. The mighty heart of God is moved because God gave Christ to save you. He loved His Son before He ever knew you. And so in your recognition of His Son's role to save you, His love for you is covenantially affirmed. goes to say this was to show God's righteousness because in His divine forbearance He had passed over former sins. It was to prove at the present time that He Himself is righteous and that He justifies Him who has faith in Jesus. Friend, if you want to be just and righteous before God, then you have nothing to offer God in your self-defense but the merits of the blood of Jesus Christ. Period. I'm sorry, the worst sinner will make it to heaven who comes to Christ and falls at the cross and says, I appeal to you for mercy through the blood of Christ. That person will be saved for all eternity. Jesus is a sin-pardoning Savior, and Jesus is the right-now righteousness that is good enough for today, the end of time, and the judgment day too. Friend, God is righteous in the gift of Jesus, and God is righteous in forgiving you because of Jesus, and God is righteous because the blood of Jesus is good enough for all your life, and it's good enough for the wages of sin, which is death, and it's good enough for your final perfection, and it's good enough for the resurrection, it's good enough for the endless ages, because we will never tire of glory in the gift of Jesus Christ. God forbid, Paul says, that I should glory in anything except the cross of Christ. Our ticket out of here is Jesus. That is the great exchange that sets the sinner free from the power of the righteousness of the law, of trying to use the law as a means to be accepted, because in Christ we are. 
The righteous law condemns the sinner, and it is still righteous by doing so. But God has provided a much-needed righteousness that is apart from the law. It doesn't do away with the law, but it's apart from it. That sets the sinner free without doing away with the moral goodness of the law. So the blood of Jesus covers, it atones for our sin. I've heard some voices today say, you know, I, I don't want to hear this talk of blood. I want to hear more talk of the blood of Jesus in the church because we need the cleansing blood of Jesus. It's funny what people will come up with to walk away from God in the way of Cain. Pastor Michael Oxentenko will be back in just a moment. Reaching Your Heart is a listener-funded program. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over, biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. Call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now, once again, Pastor Michael Oxentenko. Friends, I'm not ashamed of the blood of Jesus. If there was another way for you or me to be saved, then God would not have brought Jesus to the cross to shed His blood for us. We need the blood. The blood is the life and the blood atones. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. This is basic Bible religion. Jesus shed His blood. And that means there is atonement. And that there is a covering for us. There is an acceptance in His name. And that we are forgiven in Him. And for His sake set free to live for God with no fear of condemnation as covenant children of God. How would you like to live in the church? In fear of God or loving God? Would you like to serve Him because of the final judgment day or serve Him because of the cross of Christ? You see, the blood matters. Ephesians 2.13 But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near in the blood of Christ. Revelation 1.5 says that Jesus has freed us by His blood. Verse 5, Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, martyr in the Greek, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. The Greek gives the idea of being unloosed, untied, unshackled, unchained. Your sins tie you down. They gum you up. They control you. But the blood of Jesus has disconnected your psycho-identity from your sins. In Jesus, you are not defined by the sins that you have committed. You are defined by the blood of Christ as a child of God. In Jesus, the sinner is set free from the condemnation of the law and the power of sin to control the life. So a sanctified, changed life is the outcome of the cross of Christ. In Jesus, God does not condemn the sinner that clings to the blood of Christ. Now, friends, I'm speaking to you. In Jesus, you are not condemned. In Jesus, God forgives the sinner because of the blood. In Jesus, God recognizes a right now righteousness that's good enough for every day of your imperfect life as you fall short of the glory of God that the Scripture says you do. So that in the judgment day, you can stand before God perfect in the blood and the white robe of the Lamb. 
In Jesus, God does not condemn you. God forgives and heals you in Jesus. He changes you because of the blood. You may spend the rest of your life like Cain, trying to prove yourself to God and to others in the church or in your family or alone. But it won't work now or in the judgment day as a true remedy. That's not how you get there. Why not come to God with the blood of the Lamb as the only argument you have, your great need, your sin, and give your life to God in repentance and brokenness and accept the precious blood of Jesus as the only the only change agent in your life, the only right to acceptance that you have. Friend, in Jesus, God has provided the way back to Eden through an open door, and Jesus is the door. My favorite theologian summarized the gospel of freedom in these words. God is approached through Jesus Christ, the mediator, the only way through which he forgives sins. God cannot forgive sins at the expense of his justice, his holiness, and his truth. But he does forgive sins, and that fully. There are no sins he will not forgive in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the sinner's only hope. And if he rests in sincere faith, he is sure of a pardon, and that full and free. There is only one channel, and that is accessible to all. And through that channel, a rich and abundant forgiveness awaits the penitent, contrite soul, and the darkest sins are forgiven. Paul says in Galatians 5.1, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand fast, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. The darkest sins are freely forgiven because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Blood donors provide a service that saves others in time of crises and need. I know because I follow it. There are platelets in a donor's blood, and that can stop a person from bleeding to death when that person doesn't have enough platelets to stop his or her own blood from spilling out. The platelets will clog it up and save their life. There's oxygen in the blood of a donor that is carried by hemoglobin that brings more vital oxygen to a person in need. There is strength and nourishment in the glucose of the donor's blood for someone whose tissues are starving for food, who need it on the operating table to get through the energy, the horrible ordeal of surgery. Every doctor who performs surgery knows that the life is in the blood and that no surgery is successful if there isn't blood to get the patient through the challenge and the trauma. At the Ronald Reagan UCLA Medical Center, medical professionals have done something very special to encourage people to give blood. They've made it a practice to let the patient know who it was that gave the blood that saved their life. In other words, they've taken away the mystery from it. You give blood and you let the other person know that you helped save their life. Tyler Bacon was one such person who had struggled with cancer, and his words are for all of us to learn from. And so the day came when Tyler Bacon took his place at the lectern right there at that medical center. He faced the donors that saved his life. It was disclosed to him by name who they were. And that day he looked out of the crowd of people, and there he saw the people who had given their blood for him. He was moved with compassion and emotion of the gift of life. His battle over cancer was a hard-fought struggle. He almost died. And there were times when he thought he would, but that blood helped him survive. He got through. And there were many twists and turns in the road, but he got through the road with the love of family and friends and the love of those blood donors. And there the day was with tears in his eyes. He faced two dozen people who saved his life. 
And he called them all out name by name as he thanked them by name. He thanked them for caring enough to give their blood to save his life. He hugged them every one. And he had this to say from a grateful heart that was alive because of the blood. He said, because you showed up and donated, my parents still have a son. My children have a dad. My wife has a husband. With his voice quivering, he said more. All the gratitude in the world would not be enough to say thank you. Dear heart, Jesus shed his blood for you. He shed his blood for you to heal you, to set you free, to forgive you, to restore you to God with a righteousness that's based on a perfect life, his life. And all the gratitude in the world would not be enough to say thank you. I want to say thank you, Jesus. Would you say that with me? Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood for me. Thank you for the blood that saves my life. Well, amen. And that will conclude Freed by His Blood. Today's Reaching Your Heart. Again, if you'd like the title, it's Freed by His Blood. Thanks for listening. And don't forget that you can always find these messages online at reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. Have you ever wondered what happens five minutes after death? Do you long for the assurance of eternal life? Is there a longing in your heart for something beyond this life? Dark Tunnels and Bright Lights by Mark Finley is the message of hope that you need. This book presents the real truth about life after death, and it is more amazing than you can imagine. Call for your copy today. Here's the information you need. The telephone number is 855-888-4673. 855-888-4673-855-888-HOPE. Or you can go to the website reachingyourheart.com. Call for your copy today. The book is yours for a donation of any size. And remember that your donations help to keep this ministry on the air. And we thank you for your support. And we hope that you'll join us again next time we get together for another edition of Reaching Your Heart. 